Hi, you're listening to Sensationalist Science, a podcast about science, the media, and the truth behind those astonishing headlines you've read. I'm your host, Gid MK, aka The Health Nerd, and for this episode, I'm solving problems with autism and industrial pollutants. Advance warning, this episode will contain stats. I'll try to keep them as simple as possible, but they will be there. Now, across the world, news outlets have been decrying the poisonous perfidy of pollutants because according to a new study, they aren't just wonderfully alliterative, they are also harming our children. You see, a new study has shown that mothers who are exposed to solvents, a particular group of industrial chemicals, through their occupational exposure, have 1.5 times the chance of having an autistic child. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that it's not quite as simple as all that. So sit back and absorb some science alongside your solvents. It'll do you good. The study that's being reported on with such reckless abandon was a piece of research published in the British Medical Journal's Occupational and Environmental Medicine Journal, titled The Charge Study, an Assessment of Parental Occupational Exposures and Autism Spectrum Disorder. It was what's known as a case control study, which is a type of observational research where the scientists identify a group of people by the outcome that they've had, in this case, mothers who've had autistic kids, and then match them to a control group who are similar in other ways but didn't have the outcome of interest. They then compare the two groups on risk factors that they had before getting the outcome to see if the risk factors influence the outcome in some way. Basically, a case control study is a study defined by how you choose the participants. If you've chosen people based on outcomes, based on a disease, death, something like that, then it's a case control study because you've chosen people who either have or haven't had an outcome and you're looking retrospectively at the experiences that may have caused them to have that outcome. In this study, the researchers identified mothers who'd had autistic kids and matched them to mothers who'd had kids with what they called typical development and then compared them on a range of industrial pollutant exposures. Uh, Basically, these pollutants were uh, exposed through occupation, through their jobs. To do this, they asked the mothers what jobs they'd had, and computed their likely occupational exposure using a panel of experts on the topic. In total, they looked at 16 groups of agents, including things like heavy metals, pesticides, anaesthetic gases, and of course solvents. They found that there was no increased risk for 8 out of the 16 groups that they looked at, that too few mothers were exposed to analyze statistically for a further 7, and that for the last one, solvents, there was a 1.5 times increased risk. Essentially, women who were exposed to solvents were 50% more likely to have had an autistic child. They then concluded that actually, it's pretty hard to tell if there's much to this at all, because the sample size was pretty small, and there were other issues, and really, what's needed is more research anyway. Now from there, we get headlines like the wonderful, Women exposed to solvent chemicals at work are 1.5 times more likely to have a child with autism, study finds, from the Daily Mail. What happened?
The story behind the headlines is one of the wonkiest that I've personally seen in a while. The study itself, the actual research that the scientists did, really isn't that newsworthy in my opinion. As I mentioned already, the sample size was too small to conclude many things. I mean, a thousand people, which is the total population of the study, sounds like a lot. But in a study like this, where there are very few people exposed to your conditions, it's very hard to make conclusions despite the seemingly high total number of participants. And it has to do with some complex statistical things, which I won't go into. But essentially, if you're using a uh, complex regression model, but you don't have many outcomes or, or many exposures, then it can throw off your stats. The other big thing about the study was that they tested a lot of different questions in their statistical model. And now statistical tests are a bit like flipping a coin. The more times you run a test, the more likely you are to get a positive outcome just by chance. With their study design, it was almost certain that they'd find at least one statistically significant result, which is why the authors actually did something very clever called adjustment for multiple comparisons. Uh, and this is where some of the stats come in. Basically, you adjust for running a test lots of times, and the adjusted value tells if you've tells you if you've actually found anything at all. In this study, once they adjusted for multiple comparisons, so once they used this extra statistical trick to see if their findings were actually true, the relationship between solvents and autism disappeared completely. Now, this isn't surprising if you look at the graph of results from the regression model that they used, which I tweeted out a few days ago. The point estimate of the logistic model they used was 1.5, which means, as I said, an average increased risk of 50% for mothers exposed to solvents. But the confidence interval ranged from 1.01 to 2.23. Now, what this means is that it's possible that the predicted value, so the, the predicted value from this experiment of an increased risk for mothers exposed to solvents, for well, for their children, lies anywhere between a 1% increase and a 123% increase, which is a very wide margin. When you've got such a wide margin of error that's almost touching 1, which is considered no effect if the if the risk ratio is one then there's an exact then it's exactly equal to no exposure to solvents it's much more likely that correcting for multiple comparisons will remove the statistical significance that you found and it's also much harder to trust the results more broadly because as i said the true result in this from this study could be anywhere between a one percent increase which is very unimportant to a 123 percent increase which is quite large so essentially the stats in the study weren't great, and once the authors improved them, which, to their credit, they did, the stats showed no effect at all of autism and solvents. There were other issues with the study that make it really hard to use as evidence. This type of statistical model needs careful control for confounding, for factors that might have influenced the result other than the ones examined in the study, and while the study authors did attempt this, there were a number of holes in their analysis. Given the study design, it's likely that they simply didn't have data on, say, parental income, but this means that there are still possibly causal factors that could have influenced the results that we simply don't know about. The study was also potentially influenced by something called recall bias. 
Because the researchers were asking people to remember what they did years ago, the results might have been skewed because people often forget things. They can't recall them. Often this isn't a problem. If you want the complex statistical reason, it's because, or rather epidemiological reason, it's because bias, recall bias tends to bias towards a null hypothesis. It tends to make your results less impressive rather than more impressive. But in this case, um, parents of autistic children are probably more likely to remember things that, that, that might have caused their child's autism or that they think might have caused the child's autism. So it's possible that selective recall would have made the results seem worse than they actually are. If you ask someone who has who's had an autistic child whether they remember things that might have caused the autism, they might leap to pollutants and immediately say, oh yes, I've been exposed for many years, whereas parents who haven't had autistic children might not make that same, that same uh, cognitive leap and they might forget something, which is just a natural problem that you often find in, in case control studies. Now, the study also didn't find a statistically significant relationships for high levels of exposure to solvents, only for medium levels. So basically, women who had no exposure or low exposure had the same risk as women who had high exposure, but women who had medium exposure to solvents, their kids were more likely to be autistic, which is very hard to reconcile with the idea that being exposed to solvents was causing the children's autism because what you would expect is that mothers who are exposed to more solvents would be more likely to have autistic kids if the solvents were actually causing the relationship. And that's what's known as a biological gradient in epidemiology. So the study didn't actually show very much, or, or in the words of the authors from their own discussion, these results should be interpreted with caution. But somehow, the message seems to have gotten lost between the study and the headlines. It's always easy to blame the media for things because they are ultimately writing the misleading articles that I'm talking about, but in this case, I really don't blame the journalists at all. I've tracked down the press release for the study and it really doesn't convey the message that this study didn't show much. Although it does mention cautious interpretation, the overall impression is that this is a serious risk in line with previous evidence that is likely causal. In other words, that this study has demonstrated that solvents are causing autism. Even based on prior research, though, that's not really the case. A recent and very thorough systematic review of evidence found that the only convincing relationships between maternal exposure and autism were for obesity and antidepressant use. And even antidepressant use was considered to be probably a proxy for psychiatric health issues, rather than the drugs themselves causing kids to be autistic, the mother's genes may have been to blame. The reality is that we really aren't sure if occupational exposures like pesticides and solvents have any relationship with autism at all, and while, this, and while interesting, this study adds very little to that equation. The most you can really say from this study is that there was a statistically insignificant increased risk, once corrected for multiple comparisons, in the rate of autism for the children of mothers who at some point reported being exposed to solvents. Prior research has failed to show a convincing link between the two, so realistically all we can conclude is that more research is needed, which is the ambivalent shrug of scientific discourse. Ultimately, this study didn't prove much at all. 
We can't even really conclude that there was an association between solvents and autism, because after correcting the stats properly, the relationship disappeared. As the Science Media Centre in the UK said, to paraphrase, there's just enough here to warrant further research, but not enough to make any conclusions about anything. There definitely isn't enough to say, like the headlines did, that autism is linked to mother's chemical exposure. If you see silly headlines like this, it's always worth being cautious. Check the story, check the study, and have a think about what it might all actually mean. This has been your dose of sensationalist science and media madness. If you enjoy the podcast, you can find it on SoundCloud at SensiPod, on Twitter at SensiPod, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, GidMK, and you can find me on Twitter at GidMK, or Medium at GidMK, or Facebook at GidMK Health Nerd. Have a great week, and remember, if it sounds unlikely, it's good to be skeptical. <laughs>